Welcome to Who's in the Bible, a podcast for kids. I'm Eric. And I'm Lance. And we believe that the Bible is the greatest book in the whole world. It's filled with amazing stories about interesting people all working together to tell a bigger story, the greatest story about the most important person who ever lived, Jesus. And we know that understanding more about the people and stories in the Bible can help us to know more about who Jesus is and what it means to be his follower today. In this episode, we're going back in time, way back, way back to the very beginning of time. Wow! Open your Bible to the beginning. Do you have a Bible? I I got one right here. Okay, Hold open on. it up. Let me flip over here for a second. Okay, now I got to get past because there's a cover. Nope, where keep I wrote going. The name, keep going. Uh, we got a picture of my dog in here. Nope, keep going. Okay. And yep. Okay, Genesis one. Genesis that's where you want me to go? one. That's where we're going. Okay. The first book of the Bible, Genesis, and we're going to read the first sentence. Eric, would you read that for us? <clears throat> I got it. That's a good reading voice. Thank you. I'm going to lower my voice a little to make it seem important. Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So the first, the first one mentioned in the Bible is God, hmm. which means today's episode of Who's in the Bible is about God. Wait, okay. So this whole point of this podcast is going to be, we're going to go through the Bible and yeah. talk about who's in the Bible, and we're going with God first. Well, yeah. He's the first one. That, okay. That's a really... It doesn't get bigger than God. That's true. All right. Let's do it. Okay. So the first sentence of Genesis tells us some things we need to know about God. Let's okay. read it again. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. All right. Okay. You ready? I'm ready. Okay. Heavens and earth. First of all, it's worth noting that, that the author who wrote this kind of used a poetic way of saying everything. I love that. Yeah, I mean, we could rewrite that sentence to say, in the beginning, God made everything. Yeah, that's not as cool as, in the beginning, God made the heavens and the earth. I know. It's, that's why it's poetic and it's written that way. It's super cool. Bible's but what we're so supposed cool. to know is that everything we see, God is responsible for. When we look up, when we look out, when we look down, all things... God is responsible for like th- things like the moon and the clouds when we look up or when we look out the animals that we see or the trees that grow in our yard. All right. Well, kids, wherever you are right now, look around you. Everything that you see, it basically has like a little thumbprint signature from God that God is the one who did it. That's right. He's the one res- ultimately responsible for its existence. That's a great word to put. Responsible. Responsible. That's right. So we, we know that, that God made everything. He created everything. Kind of like at, last night at my house, we created cookies. Ooh. Yeah, they were very delicious. Now, are you guys like break and bake out of the package people? No, no. So, I mean, sometimes. But, but last night, we actually like got the flour and the baking soda and the sugar and brown sugar and so much butter. So that's a mess. You made a mess. Ch- we did. We made a big mess. But we mixed all that together, and then we formed small cookies and put them in the oven, and they baked, and they were so ooey and gooey. I mean, just imagine the smell of fresh I cookies. could drink milk like right now. Oh, so good. So last night, we created cookies, and we used all these ingredients. And so when the Bible talks about God creating things, in some ways, it's describing God being responsible for the way it all came together. That's cool. Now, now, there's another thing. Remember, we talked about this earlier. Yeah. There's another way that we can use create here and that the Bible uses create is that God brings order to stuff. Like right now, I'm a baseball coach in Little League. And so two of my boys are on the team 
And um, I'm the guy that's in charge of saying, okay, you're going to be the pitcher. You're going to be in first base. You're in third. You're in the right field. Now you're the one, you know, you're going to be sitting the bench this inning. And so I bring order to the team so that whenever the batter gets up and he smacks the ball, we get an out. Right. So we, you we give, can keep the game moving the way. Yeah, you give everyone a job to do. Right? Absolutely. You give them purpose. And so when the Bible talks about God creating everything, it also is describing that he is the one who has given everything when you look out the window or when you're outside and you experience life. The way everything works, it works that way because God caused it to. He's the one that gave it purpose and order. That's awesome. That is pretty good to think about. So not only did God make everything, but what's the next thing we really need to know about who God is? Okay, so we, we want to know that he made everything, but because he made everything, he's the one that's in control of all of it. Oh, so kind of like how mom's in control. Yeah, kind of like mom. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, mom is the I one I can who, see a bunch of moms nodding right now. Yeah, they're like, you better believe I'm in control. Yeah. Yeah, in a similar way, God is in control of everything. And so he's the one who caused it all to exist. He's the one who made it. And so he's, he's over it. And that can be reassuring because we can trust him. Because God's big. Yeah, he's big. He's big in some interesting ways. So when we think about God being big, I think I grew up always thinking, okay, people tell me God is big. And I know my kids sometimes would be like, well, is God bigger than our house? I'm like, well, obviously God's bigger than our house. For sure. How do you help? Like, how do we kind of understand what we mean by big? God is uh, big in ways that we could never be. So I I like to think of other people I know that are really good at some stuff. Like, uh, who's the strongest person that you know? Mm, Yeah, y'all think about that. Who's the strongest strongest, person you know? You know who's stronger? God. God, that's God right. Is. Okay, think about the smartest person that you know. Ooh, that would be you. Well, probably not. <sighs> but God is smarter than the smartest person you know. Yeah. Or the most creative person. Well, it's me. I'm the most creative person well, I know. God is more creative than you. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So the most, everything you can think of, the most perfect person you can think of. Think about it maybe like this. He's the most est person. Ooh, so there's, all, there's smart people, there's smarter people, but God will always be the smartest. Ooh, I see what you did there. The most beautiful est. Beautiful est. <laughs> <laughs> Not a word, so, but you know what I mean? Yeah. He's the best of the best in every single area you can think of. And he beca- wins. And because he is those things, and he's perfect in every way, he can be trusted. Wow. And he's in control of all things. And now it's time for the question of the day. Hi, my name's Jake. I'm in the fifth grade. And my question is, what does God look like? Well, that's a good question, Jake. And that's one of the most popular questions about God is what does he look like? All right, Lance, you got to tackle this one. Yeah, well, this one's not easy because God shows up in the Bible a lot, except he never stopped to pose for a portrait. There's no like, pictures of God. There's no like, school day, like picture day at school? I guess not, because we don't have any pictures. So there are a couple of places I want to point out in the Bible that can help us form an answer to Jake's really good question. That's right, because usually to get most answers, we don't go to one spot in the Bible. We have to go all throughout the yeah. Bible. And so we can look to this story about a guy named Moses, who we're going to learn about in a future episode. Stay tuned for that one. Mm. But God was talking to Moses, and this is what he said. You shall not see my face. No one can look at me and live. 
whoa. That's awesome. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I know anybody. I don't know. There was a girl I knew in third grade, which when you looked at her, you didn't want to live. You didn't want <laughs> Well, I think looking at God would be a much different experience. Probably so. Yeah. And so no one that's alive has seen God because they could not live. Wow. We can know that. But then if you go fast forward all the way to the end of the Bible, the last book is called Revelation. And Revelation is written by a guy named John who got this really cool sneak peek at the future and what heaven will be like. It's like a sneak peek, like like when you actually show up to the movies on time. And oh, yeah. Previews and stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah, the, like the previews before a movie. John got a preview of the future. That's awesome. And here's, here's what he saw. He saw this preview of heaven, and he saw God's glory on Jesus. And when he looked at Jesus in heaven, he says that his face was shining like the sun at full strength. Wow. Yeah. Have you That's, ever looked have you ever I, looked at the sun at full strength? I have. I know guessing how many of you guys out there have looked at the sun at full strength? Not like through a cloud where you can see like it's a ball, but no. like it's a circle. But like, I hope very few of you right now are agreeing with Eric that you've looked at the sun. You should not look at the sun at full strength. I mean, I feel like if you haven't done it, do a quick peek. Don't do it. Don't do, do it. Do it. We do not condone this. Now Eric condones it. <laughs> so John tells us that to look upon God's glory, which is visible in heaven, is is so overwhelming that it's like looking at the sun. And so we don't know exactly what God looks like, but we know that one day we'll get to see, and it's going to be incredible. I can't wait. Okay. Great question, Jake. Thanks a lot for that, man. So first thing we have learned about who God is is that he made everything— And second, we learned that he's in control of everything since he made it, so we can trust him. But what's this third thing that we need to maybe learn about God today? The third thing we need to learn about God today is that he loves us. There is a a verse in the Bible or a sentence in the Bible that is the most well-known, most popular passage in the whole thing. It's known as John 3.16. Oh, I've heard of this. You've heard of this. Where have you heard? Yeah, I've seen it like at a football game. Uh-huh. There's like either like a sign or like a couple people like they have it like written on their face. Yeah. And I thought that was like, you know, maybe the guy's name was John and like 316 was his seat number. So in case he gets lost. It could be. But most likely that person was referencing John 316 in the Bible. Because it's disagree. the most well-known yeah. sentence in the whole thing. Okay. Why don't I read it for us? Go for it. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Wow. So God loves us completely. Yeah. God loves us so much. That's the thing that we we learn about God. That's the thing that stands out most when we read all of the Bible. It's it's like an orange. Have you ever made orange juice? Yeah. I usually tend to buy it at yeah. the grocery store because it's it's kind of hard to make sometimes. Yeah. It, it can be hard to make. But like if you think about an orange, it's got Lots of parts to it, right? It's got yeah. like the outside, but then when you cut it open, you can see the the fibers and the flesh inside, and then there's maybe even some seeds. But what happens when you squeeze that orange? It gets everywhere. It does. And if you squeeze enough oranges, you can make a pitcher of orange juice. I love that stuff. Yeah. But then at the end, you've like probably got all your stuff spread out over the counter. What's everywhere? Oh, orange juice. Sticky. Orange juice. Orange juice. It's stuck to your hands and your arms, maybe even all over your shirt and the counter. God's love is kind of like orange juice. If you could squeeze the Bible, the thing that would just ooze out of every place, the thing that would be stuck all over you is God's love. 
He loves us so much over and over and over. Each page points out that, that God loves us no matter what. He knows every little detail about who we are, and you know what he does? He still loves us anyway? He still loves us anyway. Yeah. He knows what's great about you, and he loves you. He also knows the things you may not be great at. That's true. I mean, like, a lot of us don't really think about being excited about people knowing the things we're not great at. And we yeah. usually try to hide those things. Right. But God knows all those things, and that's all included in the part of you that he loves. Yeah. He even loves you in your mistakes and the things you do wrong. He Ab- still loves you. Absolutely. So God's love is described so many ways in the Bible, but the biggest and most spectacular way that God shows his love is through his son, Jesus. Like we read in John three sixteen, he loves us so much that he gave his son, Jesus, to die for our sins so that we could be forgiven of all the mistakes and things we've done wrong, everything we think, say, or do that goes against God's will. And he shows us his love and he makes us his children. And it's so cool to think that the God of the universe who made the moon and the mountains and the horses and the grass and the water and gravity and everything else knows our name and loves us. He loves us. And here's what he wants. He wants us to read the Bible, not so that we can know things about him, but so that we can know him, so that we can talk with him and he can talk back with us through scripture and we can hear his voice. And as he changes us and grows us to be more and more like Jesus, he He calls us to be with him, to join with him in spreading his love to every person that we know. Well, this this has been awesome. I mean, not only do I really want to go drink some orange juice and make some cookies. Yeah. I'm ending up like just really hungry at the end of this podcast. But when God put the Bible together, he knew what he was doing. He shows up first because he knows that he is what we need most. We need to know that he made everything and gave it a purpose. We need to know that he is in control, and most of all, we need to know that he loves us. Well, we hope you enjoyed this podcast. Join us on the next episode as we keep reading and find out who else is in the Bible. You've been listening to Who's in the Bible, a podcast for kids brought to you by Clear Creek Community Church. Continue the conversation with our free parents' guide available at clearcreekresources.org.